So you're a dentist, eh? You're in the right place. This is the Canadian Dentist Podcast with Dr. Carlo Biasucci, where you'll get a truly Canadian approach to building a low-stress, highly profitable practice and live life on your terms. Learn more at TheElitePractice.com. The following is an excerpt from a recent members-only Q&A session. What is the best way to support a new associate doctor in the practice? Um, also, how to get them to best learn the systems in the practice? A really good question. So I, I literally answer this one once a week, <clears throat> not for lack of videos explaining it. Um, but the best way to onboard an associate, whether they are a new associate, uh, like new grad, experienced dentist, whatever, there is literally only one way to do this right. Everything else you will screw up. Um, you won't figure it out till later, but it will not be that what you want. So if I'm the primary dentist, we'll set this up a little bit. If I'm the primary dentist and I've got a full practice and I'm, I'm bursting with patients and I need an associate because I'm like running my tail off. The worst thing you can do is to bring an associate in and take a day off and say, hey, you've got Thursday. Have fun. Totally screwed. Okay, it will not go the way you think. You want to make sure that your systems are dialed in first, that your team has systems for scale, because if you turn up the heat on poor systems, they just melt. They don't, you can't handle, the, the systems can't handle, if you have weak systems or you have systems for one dentist practice, then the two dentist practice is now incompatible to a large degree. You're going to see the wheels fall off. You need to have a system for scale, okay? Yeah, we just went through this in our own business, right? Yeah. We had a great system for this many clients. Now we need to have this many clients. We need to be able to handle those people because that's just where we are. We need a totally new system on the back end of how we do things. And we spent three months building out a really cool system. Yeah. But it, so it took energy, it took time, it took money, buy stuff. We need software, we need systems, we need things, but it's going to be fine. If I put a thousand people in that system, it'll work, right? The previous system, if I put a thousand people in, it would be like, not good, okay? Like everything would suffer and you don't want that. So if I'm bringing in an associate, first of all, I would love to have my systems to be running very smoothly for a one dentist practice and also have those systems be scalable. So all the systems that we teach are scalable, right? They're not, they're not designed around a person doing a job only. They're designed for scale. It doesn't matter how many people I put in the system, I can get somewhere with this, yep. right? And if I were to have an extra 100 new patients call next week, I could find a way to deal with it. Now, it doesn't mean that I can see them all, but it means that I have a way to handle it, okay? And I'll explain what that looks like. So specifically, now I'm bringing in a new dentist because typically with a, so let me, I'll fill in all the gaps. 25 to 30 new patients per dentist is ideal. So if you're a one dentist practice and you're at 60 new patients, you need another dentist. You can definitely fill them. Or you're underdiagnosing big time. Both could be possible. So on that note, um, if I'm going to bring in a new dentist now and they're a, a new grad, experienced grad, whatever it is, the first conversation we're going to have is you know, once you've gone through the process of vetting them and figuring out, you know, that they're a good fit personality-wise, and that's a whole other story. Uh, do I do I need to get into that? Sure. While I'm here, okay. 
So spending time to make sure that they're a right fit. How do we do that? Bring them into the office for a day. It's what I always did. Half a day with me, follow me. You're glued to my hip. What am I looking for? Do they have a good personality? Do they ask good questions? Do they ask stupid questions in front of a patient that a a professional should know better? Or do they understand that this patient is having an experience that maybe they don't need to ask specifically about the gauge of the needle that I'm using when I'm freezing them? Like, I just, I'm looking for those kind of things. Like, does this person have common sense that I, like what I would consider common sense, right? Do they kind of have something I can work with, right? And then I'm also showing them by example, what I do and what I expect, right? What kind of experience, how the patients are treated, what my expectations are for each appointment and so on. Then the next half of the day, they go off with my team and specifically take them for lunch and see how do they behave? How do they treat the server? How do they, you know, what kind of conversation do they engage in? Do they ever gossip? Do they ask gossipy questions? Do they ask good questions? Kind of vet them again, right? If we decide we get to a point, we negotiate a contract, the person's coming on, that's great. First order of business is, okay, now spend your first day with me. I will show you what I do. I know you know how to do a filling and you know how to freeze a patient. That's great. But our patients are used to the way I do it and I want them to accept you. You see what I'm doing? What I'm saying is I want you to do it the way I do it because otherwise you're going to screw up the systems and the patients are going to have an off-brand experience. Because I've spent the time and the energy to get this right. But I'm spinning it in a way that the dentist will see that it's for their benefit. Okay? I'm not doing anything nefarious here. I'm trying to make sure that they're successful in my practice. Because truthfully, the whole patient base has... They're coming to the office because they trust what we do. They trust the process. They know what I do. They know that it is consistent. And it needs to stay that way. If they have a totally messed up experience with the associate, they will either complain... Never see that associate again or never come back. You have to be careful with that. Now, when you get to that point, you tell them, okay, great. You spend a day with me. We're also going to have a meeting every Wednesday morning, whatever you want. I did it Wednesday mornings at, I don't know, 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Patients weren't, you know, we just bumped the first patient on 9. Okay, so we could spend 45 minutes talking about whatever needed to be talked about. In the beginning, it's making sure that a new patient is worth the same in your hands as it is in their hands because they're going to see stuff and decide to watch it whereas you're going to see stuff and decide to do it because of a difference in philosophy or a difference in clinical experience and you need to standardize all that stuff because otherwise they're going to need not 30 new patients but 70 new patients to fill their schedule and that's crazy and then what happens is after you do the hygiene checks you're like holy cow there's all this stuff that we didn't do all this treatment well how are you going to tell them that they need to do it. The dentist that you saw, that you hired, didn't catch it. So you're screwed. You can't, you can't touch that stuff for years because then it's like you look foolish, right? So you have to standardize, standardize that right out of the gate. Standardize a new patient exam right out of the gate, okay? Uh, from there, then it's just having that regular meeting. So you're going to look at, okay, what, what new patient exams did you do this week? Let's take a look at some of them. Here's what, what you saw. Here's what I see, you know? Oh, how does that work? I never thought of that. Okay, well, you have those discussions, right? And after about six months, you're talking about real estate investments. Like, you're done with that. But if you don't put that time in, it's going to be the most frustrating experience you've ever had. And if they leave, they leave. But the time that they were there, they didn't create a mess. 
What about hygiene exams? Yeah, you should do each other's hygiene exams. That's okay. But whatever treatment you find goes back to the dentist, the primary dentist, okay? Don't have a clinic where it's like a revolving door. Like whoever sees it, like they, everyone's out to kill what they eat. Don't do that because the patient's going to, you know, what if, what if I do, an, uh, or my associate, my brand new associate does a hygiene check for me and finds nine fillings that need to be replaced that I said were fine six months ago? Well, either I didn't see it, they're too aggressive, or I don't know. What, like, it doesn't, it, you destroy trust with the patient, right? So you have to have that understanding of, okay, if I do a hygiene check for your patient, I'm going to go with what the hygienist recommends and anything else I'm going to mind my own business because I want to keep trust. And then the dentist of record is going to do that treatment. Okay, that's the system that I would use. And the, now this comes back to the hygiene system, right? So again, you got to go through our hygiene process, hygiene uh, workshop and the hygiene system in the, in the platform. Those are critical, critical things because if you don't have those things standardized and nailed down and everyone understands and has all the visual aids they need to, to plan and so on, then you're going to have trouble there. You're going to stumble. Okay, but that see, that system makes it so simple for scale. And can you have that system, by the way, for one dentist? Absolutely. Because it makes one dentist able to see a lot more patients in a day. And if you add a second dentist, no problem. Right? So if you have, if you go from 60 to 80 new patients, it's not a problem. You just need new patient slots. But nothing else is going to break. And that's just adding a hygienist. It's easy. Yeah. So again, these are not complicated things. It's just a process to do it. So now when somebody asks this question, you can just forward them this video. That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. So you've, you've kind of touched on this, but I know that you can go on more about this. What is the role of the leadership team? Okay. So the role of the leadership team is to take the doctor's vision and make it real. In, a, in one sentence, that's, that's the vision. That's the role of the leadership team. Now, how they do that is to multiply the doctor throughout the team. Okay, so... Again, the team-driven practice workshop and the leadership workshop are almost all you need to get this right. right? It's all there. What your job as a leadership team member is, is to, to take information that is discussed at, at leadership meetings and basically distribute it to your team. So if I'm a hygiene team lead, and at a leadership team meeting, we discuss this particular system or thing, then I'm going to take that back and I'm going to talk with my team about it, teach them that thing. Why not have everyone at the table? Because you're now creating a team meeting to discuss things that are best discussed by your key people. You, got, you don't want 25 opinions or 15 opinions. You want three. The most capable three, ideally. And it's important that, that the leadership team only discusses or, or makes changes to systems at leadership meetings because otherwise, if I see a problem <clears throat> in the admin area and I say, okay, well, I'm just going to make this change and I don't discuss it with the clinical team members, <clears throat> then what's going to happen is I might break something without knowing it. The change I make might make their job very difficult or screw something up that I didn't know about. So... Only like the leadership team 
another role is to bring system issues to the leadership team to correct. Okay, I'm having, we're having this problem with the system. This is what's happening. This is falling through the cracks, whatever. Here's the, the solution I'm proposing. What do you think? If everyone says, yes, that's a great idea, then you do it. So their job is systems diagnosis. So, so far we've got multiply the doctor through the team, like continue to convey the vision, uh, systems diagnosis, training of new employees is huge. So use your training process to bring on the newest employee in your team. But HR is out. They're not managers. They're not police. They're not, you know, there's none of that. Uh, they're also role models, by the way, though, which is huge. Again, back to the leadership workshop. Your goal, the goal of your leadership team is to grow their leadership ability, right? And have an understanding that they're a role model for the, for the rest of their team. If they're not modeling the kind of team that they want to have, then they're going to have what they're modeling, basically. You know, back to the previous question about the dysfunctional team. If you're, if you've got a couple people that are squabbling all the time, then we bring new people into that and they're either going to quit or they're going to squabble too. Like that's just what we do here, right? right? So you have to be really careful with your team leads on that regard. I can go off. I mean, we got a whole workshop on this, right? So uh, is there anything specific that you want me to touch on or is that? You did. That you covers did. it? Yeah, okay. it de- definitely covered it. Um, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Canadian Dentist Podcast. If you want to know how Dr. Biasucci tripled his practice in three years and cut his work week in half, request your free information kit at theelitepractice.com.